The following program is underwritten in part by Schmidt's Naturals. Smell seriously amazing and support animal conservation with Schmidt's special edition Lily of the Valley Natural Deodorant. Created in collaboration with the Jane Goodall Institute, 5% of each purchase goes to animals in the wild. Learn more and pick up your stick now at schmitz.com. The following program is also underwritten in part by... My dog Annie recently broke her leg. Thankfully, she's protected by Embrace Pet Insurance. Embrace offers one simple plan for unexpected accidents and illnesses. To learn more, visit EmbracePetInsurance.com. Policies underwritten by a licensed insurer of American Modern Insurance Group. Coverage subject to policy terms and conditions. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Welcome to the show. If you are one of those that takes your animal to a groomer to be groomed, like Joey Villani, or maybe even like a big box store, you're going to want to be listening up today. Joey's always been talking about the fact that there is no regulation or licensing for groomers. It could be somebody who's very experienced grooming your dog or somebody who's not very experienced. And we've heard of many, many accidents and fatalities over the last few years from just, you know, you drop the dog off at the groomer and then suddenly... You get that call. And uh, no one, nobody wants that call, but there's legislation in the works, especially in the state of New Jersey, to license and regulate groomers. And Joey Villani, of course, our very own Joey Villani, very proud of this, <laughs> is working very hard to make that happen. Yeah, I want to see this happen. Um, I, I really do. And, um, I mean, it, this is something that should have happened a long time ago for a number of reasons. And I'm, I'm proud of the state of New Jersey that's actually taking it serious because these bills have gone up on the table in many states before and they've died um, mainly because they didn't think that the issue was great enough and has to, a lot has to do with funding as well i do get it i i, I know the process well with my union background but new jersey has taken this serious and said you know this is a problem this needs to be recognized and you know once one state goes it's going to have a domino effect so hopefully this will work out for everyone New Jersey was in the forefront of getting seat belts or making sure that your animals were seat belted in. Were they? They'll pull you over. Yes. And we'll talk a little bit about that later on today also. So Bijou's Law, this is the law that you keep talking about. And you've been telling us that we should get this Rosemary Marchetto on. What's her story? Well, um, she the, the dog's name is Bijou. That's where that's where it comes from. That's as, her dog. As, as that was know. her dog. Okay. It's it's her it's her dog. It was a Shih Tzu. It was dropped off at the um at the grooming salon. The, I don't know exactly what happened, but the groomer said that the day wasn't going well, and the next thing that she, you know, she got a phone call 45 minutes an hour later that the dog passed. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that the groomer did anything negligent, but number one, sometimes the words you use can come back and haunt you. That's number one. And number two, if the person was licensed and there were safeguards in place, Maybe the person would feel comfortable. Maybe questions that should be asked before you drop your pet off. And I talk about this. Um, you know, how many times in my tips I talk about, you know, interviewing your pet groomer. Maybe these things, maybe it would have been different. You know, m- maybe the situation might not have, but maybe it would have. But we'll never know now. Okay, so you booked Rosemary, Judy? Yes, I did. I, she'll yes. be on to tell us her story. And she's actually very involved in the legislation. Oh, yeah, she, she, yeah she's, she's right in it. And I'm going to be honest with you, when I, when I first got involved, 
I was expecting to meet a nut. I really was because <laughs> you know, because of her. And then I started dealing with her, and I said, you know, this woman really has her act together, and she did a lot of research. And you know what? It, it, it was listen. We don't want one pet to die, you know. So hearing her story and whether it could have been prevented or not, but when you listen to Rosemary's story today, you'll you, you'll you'll see why it's necessary. Okay, that's on the way in just a few minutes. But first, it is your story. Toll free one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Judy's screening your calls right now. And in about 15 minutes, we'll do a quick check of the news with Miss Lori Brooks. What's on for this hour? Well, Amazon's Alexa uh-huh. um, might be really helpful to we pet owners. Really? Well, if you, well, I, I'm not a big Alexa fan. I can't imagine talking to something at all. Like it would drive me crazy. Said now, the radio stuff. host. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay, we're radio's ancient technology compared to today. Okay. But if if you like the Alexa kind of stuff, there is a way that Alexa might be really helpful to you. Okay, that's on the way in just a few minutes. Which one are we going to, Judy? We're gonna go to line one. Hi Cynthia, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. Where are you today? I am in Florida. Winter yeah. Haven, Florida. Oh, sounds beautiful. Yeah, it's pretty nice here today. What do you got going on today with your pets? I adopted a mixed breed from the animal shelter here, the county animal shelter. Mm. She is part Schnauzer, part Fox Terrier. She's seven months old now and weighs approximately 11 pounds. When I got her, she had worms, terrible worms, hookworms and tapeworms. And okay. it took us over two months to get rid of them. Uh, now, within the last couple of months, she has become incontinent. Oh, no, no, it's not every day. Okay. It, with her urine or with her poop? Her urine. She'll okay. go for weeks, I mean for days, and be fine. And then you'll be, she'll be sitting on you, uh, you know, sleeping at night or laying up in your lap or something and all of a sudden you feel wet Mm, and um, a couple of days ago it was all day long I actually put a baby diaper on her okay so she was leaking urine she's leaking when she's awake and when she's asleep yes okay it just seems to be worse when she's asleep but and she doesn't know she's doing it. I mean, she just lays, she, she'll be laying there with you awake and wetting on you, and it's like she has no clue she's doing this. Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness. Yeah, and you know what, The as far as, I don't know that I can make a case of anything with the worms being related to this, but when we do see puppies that have this kind of problem, the first thing I always want to do is check a urine sample, make sure we don't have any kind of infection present. Yes, um, I, I did take in a urine sample, and they tested it for diabetes and infection, and they both came back okay. Came back good. Okay. Now, because that moves us to some other 
concerns that can be a little bit trickier to deal with. And there are some types of congenital problems that we can see that cause a dog to be incontinent and dribbling. Um, and if she's doing this pretty much day and night, then I would definitely talk to your veterinarian about, you know, checking for something called an ectopic ureter. Um, there could be a lot of things that cause dogs to dribble urine. Um, but puppies, especially if we pick this up in a young dog, it can be sometimes a sign that they have this type of problem. And it's basically where they're plumbing isn't um, draining to the bladder in the right way um, so that they can actually have a constant flow of urine down to their lower area of their urinary tract. So, um, and if that's present, um, it's something that can be really tricky to deal with, but um, diagnosing it is really the first step. And we'll, often you have to use special dyes um, and take x-rays with these special dyes to really pick it up. So um, I hope that's not what she has, um, but it would be something that comes to my mind first and foremost. If we're not talking about um, a problem with her having some kind of um, infection um, or some other type of um, anatomical problem. And, uh, you know, little little dogs can have problems in their vaginal areas. Um, there's all sorts of different things. So I would really say that that would warrant me to look at things a little bit more closely, and um, especially if that's in such a young baby. I, I'd be looking for that. Also, she was spayed before she was three months old. Oh, and okay. I just so, wonder. <laughs> yeah, and you know that's went a, on there. <laughs> yeah, and you know, female dogs can have some continence issues related to being spayed. Um, it's not terribly common, but you know, we can see that. So, you know, that might even be something that if she was already and that surgery is already behind her, that you know, we can even investigate that possibility. And and that would be something not that I want to say it's good, but I would much rather her have some kind of hormone incontinence than to have this other condition that I'm talking about, because a hormone incontinence we can we can definitely help that with medicine. And there's a couple different varieties out there if that were the case for her. So, um, yeah, I, I would make sure that, you know, if that urine test came up negative, I'd say, hey, hey, doc, we gotta, we got to go further here. Let's, let's take this next step. I don't want her dribbling, and I don't want her living like this. So, um, you know, I, I would definitely pick up that phone and say we need to do something, and, and let's see if we need to get her on a medicine or, or look into this further. Okay. Thank you, Cynthia, for your call today. We wish you all our love and luck. Thank you. Can you wish someone love? I think she knows. She knows what I mean, right? You know what I yeah. mean. <laughs> Here, smell this, Judy. That smells so good. What is that? That's my armpit. Uh, <laughs> no, you didn't. Yeah, I did. And this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten in part by Schmidt's Naturals. Smell seriously amazing and support animal conservation with Schmidt's special edition Lily of the Valley Natural Deodorant. It was created in collaboration with the Jane Goodall Institute, and 5% of each purchase supports animals in the wild. You can learn more over at schmitz.com. And thanks, Schmitz, for underwriting Animal Radio. You want another sniff? Alan Cable, hope you're doing well. And now for your listening pleasure, a baby and a husky imitating each other. You know, a big consideration for most folks when they go out to get a new dog are the kids. So I'm going to tell you which breeds experts say are the best with kids. And number five, the durable bulldog. He's got a sweet disposition and he tires out real easily. And number four, a breed that seems to be disappearing. You don't see very many anymore, maybe because they're so energetic and they need so much exercise. The Iris Set are one of my personal favorites. These guys are fun-loving comedians. They're really sweet dogs. But again, they need tons of exercise. The top three coming up after the Husky and the Baby go out at imitate each other again.
reminds me of that movie Ted with Mark Wahlberg. At number three on the list of best dogs to get when you have kids, the Poodle. They're loyal, tolerant, and they shed very little. So they're a really good dog to get if your child might have allergies. Again, though, despite what Joey Villani says, research shows that dogs can be embarrassed. So please don't make your Poodle look like Lady Gaga. We're counting down the top breeds that are great with kids. At number two on the list, the Labrador Retriever. These dogs are loyal, protective, and they love to play. They also come in three colors, white, black, and brown. And the number one best dog to get if you have kids, according to the experts, the Golden Retriever. Golden Retrievers are very loyal and patient dogs. You know how little kids are, and Goldens will put up with a lot. But it's still very important to remember, no matter what kind of dog you have, and no matter how sweet and loving he is, never leave your dog alone with your child. Your dog might not mean to hurt your child, but because he's so much bigger, it could easily happen. Thank you, baby and husky. This is Alan Cable, and next time, a great training technique. Remember, good dog. If Ernest Hemingway was alive today, would he say this to you? Shakespeare, Mark Twain, Edgar Allan Poe, all great writers. And after reading your book, I simply must add you to the list. Wait, you don't have a book yet. So make a free call to Page Publishing. Their expert staff can help you turn your book idea into a real book, a masterpiece that could someday make the bestseller list in hard copy and digitally all across the world. Page Publishing can help you completely take your idea for a book, write it, and publish it. So if you want to join the ranks of some of the most famous authors in the world, call now for a free information kit. Turn your book idea into publishing gold. Make a free call right now to Page Publishing. 888-785-0618. That's 888-785-0618. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It is Animal Radio. And in just a couple of days, we begin our 19th year doing this. We thank you, especially if you're one of those listeners that has been with us the entire 19 years. God bless you. Obviously, uh, your radio is broken. You can't change the channel. Something I, I don't know. Or maybe you just enjoy the animal talk because we all love our animals like they are family. And as we enter this New Year's here, remember, New Year's can be really frightening for your animals, especially at midnight uh, if you live in one of those territories where they shoot off fireworks at midnight. Yeah, yeah. yeah they do that all over the place. Yeah, Ladybug last year, she went ballistic. Yeah, she, she did not like that. No, she didn't. So... Uh, make sure they're safe for the holidays. This is, of course, the time of year where a lot of animals, because of you know visiting Uncle Larry or the noises that they they bolt from the house and they take off and they can get lost fairly easily this time of year. We we hear the stories all the time. Uh, coming up this hour, we talk a little bit about restraining your animals in the car. Raise your hands if you have not seen this. Somebody driving their pickup truck, and there's a dog in the back of the pickup truck. Mm-hmm. You know what? Worse than that, I've actually seen guys driving flatbed trucks with a dog standing on the flatbed. Not, not even, There's not even a, a you know a two to three foot side around it. Yeah, that's. Crazy. I thought most yeah. states had to have laws that you had if you had a dog in the back that they had to be you know tethered somehow. Well, they say that is not very safe because 
if the dog they is tethered around their neck, yeah. then they, they mm. fly, they immediately get strangulated. Ooh. And, you know, I think some of this gets down to culture, too, because I, yep. I go through some areas where there's a lot of farm country. Yep. And those are working dogs that are on the back of those flatbed trucks or the back of a horse trailer. And that's they're expected to do that. So, you know, it's a different way of life. Yeah. Okay. So you're saying to yourself right now, hey, I don't do that. My dog travels with me in the car. In fact, my dog travels on my lap. He, my, with right its there, head out the window. Head out the window <laughs> on my lap. <laughs> that's, that's not good either, folks. <laughs> and, yeah. Thump on the head. We're going to yap about it. We have award-winning car columnist Tim Spell joining us in a spell right here on Animal Radio. Lori, what are you working on for this hour? Well, a police dog done wrong, big time, by his human partner. But this story has a happy ending. Let's hit the phones. For Dr. Debbie right now, we have Cindy. Hi, Cindy. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Good. How can we help you today? Well, I've got a question about my little chihuahua. Um, All right. she has been having problems. She's about four years old, and she has been having problems for about the last three years or so with her ears getting inflamed and irritated. And uh, first time it happened, happened, I took her to the vet, and she, uh, we got drops, and we did the drops, and she got better. And then she chews on her feet. Mm-hmm. And so the last time I talked to him, he said, well, have her take half a Benadryl, a children's Benadryl a day and see if that helps. But my question is, I have heard all of these ads for Dynavite, mm-hmm. and it talks about some of the symptoms that my dog's having with the itching, the ears, and the, the feet and everything. And I was wondering, Dr. Debbie, what you think about the Dynavite. Okay. Well, you know, I guess the, the first thing that I'm going to kind of back up to is when we hear about a pet that's chewing their feet, licking their feet, uh, scratching, having frequent ear infections, to me, really jumps out that we really need to talk about potential allergies and secondary problems with that. Um, so there's definitely some steps that we can do along that avenue. Now, products such as Dynavite, um, they have some pretty big claims, and there are some definite nutritional problems with the skin that we can see a benefit with supplements. There's zinc-responsive uh, dermatitis. There's problems when pets have dry skin, and they can benefit from the fatty acids. So I don't think for, you know, for some things it's a bad idea, but, you know, I'd say if your pet is having displaying those signs, I'd really say let's, let's back up, and I'd, I'd want to look at what we can do. Um, if Benadryl doesn't do the trick and doesn't make her comfortable, then we might need to take it a step up. And um, I always like to go to the, the address the concept of food allergies because that's a real common problem in dogs. And it's something that we can try. And uh, with the right direction, we can get your, your pet on a diet that might help with some of these symptoms. Um, right. A lot of pets have both things. They have seasonal allergies. They have food allergies. They can have bacterial infections, yeast infections. So they all kind of come together. So something as simple as a supplement isn't going to help all of those things. So I'd really want to make sure we're focusing on what we need to do for your baby. And, and part of that is to kind of look at the skin, get some samples. And, um, you know, especially if we've been battling these ears, um, ears are skin. So um, right. whether your vet de- deals with it or you see a dermatologist, there's a lot more that we can do to kind of delve into this problem and try some other therapies. I mean, you didn't mention beyond, um, you know, the ear medicine. Has there been anything other than the Benadryl that you've tried? No. You think, have you had to try some different food? 
Yeah, and I'd say especially if she does tend to have a sensitive tummy, then we want to kind of go cautiously here. So I'm not just saying go to the pet store, pick out a brand, and try it and see. Work with your veterinarian on this because they can help advise you on things that might be wise to try. There's different ways when we're talking about a food allergy in dogs where we can go to uh, what we call a uh, limited ingredient diet, things like you used to be uh, uh, lamb and rice used to be a great limited uh, ingredient diet so commonplace now and dogs get allergies to it so it's just natural it happens with time so we might try something different like fish and potato or venison and potato Um, so that's one way we can go another way might be to try um, some of the veterinary grade um, prescription foods um, which are for pets with food allergies and and you'll have to see what your vet carries and what they recommend but there's a couple good ones out there and um, you know going slow when we try a transition is always a so we don't get that tummy upset and pay afterwards. Um, but but that might be something to commit to for a month or two and see how her skin responds and see um, you know if those signs improve. And, and I think that would be a great thing for you to try, Cindy. So okay. I'd encourage you. Good All luck, right. Cindy. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Bye. Thanks okay. for your call. 1-866-405-8405. Nature at its best is nature at its simplest. At Red Barn, we've kept it simple for 20 years by concentrating on single-ingredient natural dog treats. Because Mother Nature's actually pretty good at this. Bones are just tasty bones. Meat treats are just nourishing meat. It's nature at its simplest. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Natural Treats. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our slow-roasted natural meaty bones. This is an Animal Radio News Update. And I'm Lori Brooks. During these shorter days of winter that we've got on hand, we and our pets get a whole lot less sun. But guess what? This can affect our pets the same way it does humans, causing SAD or seasonal affective disorder. And, you know, starting in the fall as the days get shorter... We have a lot less sunshine. That decreases the feel-good brain hormone serotonin and boosts the sleep-inducing hormone called melatonin. So it's no surprise then that pets with their similar brain chemistry to ours may also suffer from SAD. A survey by a British veterinary organization has found that one in three dog owners notice their pet becoming less playful and appearing uh, depressed, lethargic, and you know the like during the winter kind of dreary months. Some symptoms, experts say, that may indicate that your pet is experiencing seasonal affective disorder include. Uh, aggressive behavior or soiling inappropriately, demanding more attention or appearing to be withdrawn, uh, frequent barking, excessive barking, reduced appetite and weight loss, and sleeping more than usual, or less interest in going for walks or playing when they you know, normally love that kind of stuff. So how do you combat sad or seasonal affective disorder in your dog well it's pretty much the same way that humans find relief and that would be with artificial sunlight in the form of a light box mostly or you can always not or but you can supplement with opening your drapes or your shades and take more walks outside of course that'll get some more light a former police dog named ringo who was thought to be living happily in retirement with his handler turns out was dumped at a Mississippi animal shelter recently. But because Ringo was microchipped, the shelter called the dog's trainer, who had had him chipped. 
Ringo had worked nine years for the Jackson Police Department in Mississippi, which looked into the matter, they said, and they have since reassigned the dog's former handler to patrol duty. And most say, that's a demotion. But the good news here is that the trainer, the one who got the call, well, when he got the call from the shelter that Ringo was there and up for adoption, he went to the shelter right away and adopted Ringo. He says, thanks, everybody. Ringo's got a home, and he's going to be here forever now. And Vet 24-7 has launched My Pet Doc. It's an Alexa skill that (laughs) is the world's first artificial intelligence smart vet. So now you pet parents with a smart health question, uh, you can talk with My Pet Doc on Alexa and get veterinarian-backed answers to your concerns. In fact, uh, once My Pet Doc has answered your questions, you can then choose to speak immediately with a, a licensed vet for more guidance, but that charge is about 25 bucks. Oh, wow. Still, I don't... So yeah. Dr. Google now has Dr. Alexa? Yeah. Totally <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I knew you weren't going to be happy about that. <laughs> I don't blame you. I, I don't blame you at all. I would go crazy if I had to ask a. Ale- I mean, I, I wouldn't even say Alexa, "What's the weather today?" It, I, I would just drive me nuts. I do it, but I get very angry because she does, Siri. I talk to and Siri does not understand when I'm losing my temper to to please listen closer. <laughs> Siri's not very bright. <laughs> she screws it all up. Yeah, she doesn't Who's understand smarter, what Siri I'm or Alexa. I I don't know. There, I don't do Alexa. There's actually a survey out there. That, Is there? That, Puts them all to test. Yeah. Uh, do they have results yet? They, they do have results, and they try them with a bunch of different accents, people with different accents, to see if they. So, can do answer. you know the results? Uh, Google usually top the list in most places, and I don't know what their assistant's name is. Yeah, I mean, like there's what's Google. What's yeah. Oh, I have that on one of my computers. It's what is it called? Oh, I it, do. It yeah, it does have oh. a name. Oh, yeah, it that. does have a name. Yeah, and I've seen the name on, heard the name on commercials as well. Everybody in the studios is their phone. Yeah. <laughs> Who's going to get it first? Can't you just ask Google or ask Alexa? What's what's Google? Cortana. Cortana. She actually has it. See, I did not know that. Microsoft has a Cortana. Well, she is better at directions than uh, Wait, Microsoft Siri. has Cortana. What is Oh, what about oh I Google? guess Google. Does Google have a different one? Then? Google says series. No, that's, Siri. that's Apple. <laughs> We're such a wealth of misinformation here. We need a millennial on this show. Yes, we do. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. one 405 to talk to Dr. Debbie or any one of the Dream Team right now. I believe we have Roger on the phone. Hey, Roger. How are you today? Good. How are you doing? Pretty good. Trying to get home. Where's home? Uh, in Grand Island, Nebraska. Nebraska. Okay. How can we help you today? Uh, I called a couple of weeks ago and told you about my four-legged and my four legged heroes. Well, one of my heroes has a, has a problem. Actually, both of them do, but... Uh, the one I want to address right now is a cat. Um, well, we have our computer in the living room, and we have our office chair there. And the old one, he just shredded it from his claws, you know, digging in. 
And oh, yeah. uh, we bought a new chair, and we're trying to keep him away from it. I even gave him the old chair and put it in a room where he sleeps all the time, and that doesn't even do any good. He still likes that new chair. Oh, oh yeah. It's something we could do different. Well, you gave him a brand-new chair. That's He's thanking you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's not unusual. Is I've had that happen before where people will, you know, get a whole new couch, they put a new one in there, and the kitty does the same behavior because it's still the same uh, place, it's the same behavior. So nothing in his world has changed. So the challenge is to try to train the kitty to not use the chair as the preferred spot. So um, this is where, um, have you ever used a scratching post for him? Uh, I have put other things up there for him to scratch on. He still likes the chair. Yeah. Preference there. Well, there's some things we can do. And the tough thing with cats on scratching on things, we can't always do a negative deterrent. Um, they, we don't want to yell at them. We don't want them to see us reprimand them because then they've associated that with us and they're not associating it with the behavior. So um, we really focus on pro- uh, positive reinforcement and then just blocking the area and cutting off access. So as positive reinforcement, that's where we get the alternate site. We get a uh, scratching post or a kitty condo. We feed the kitty there. We throw treats. We throw catnip there. We make that a very good spot. And if you have to, you put it next to that chair or you put it somewhere where he can still see it in the environment that he wants to scratch. Because scratching is a marking behavior. It's a way that kitties in the social environment spread their scent and basically say, all is good. This is my house. They don't realize they're being destructive in the world. So we want to give him that outlet. We want to train him to that positively, make it a good thing. And then at the same time, then we can try some tips to try to keep him away from that office chair that you don't want him to use. And everybody has their different preferences. Um, I've had some clients that have great success with the double-sided tape. Um, sticky paws, which is a particular type of that. You put on the area, and it just kind of feels uncomfortable for the kitty. It doesn't really hurt them, um, but that can be very useful. Um, as far as you can always cover the chair with something so it feels different to the touch, because cats love the feel when they're scratching, and that's really what attracts them to that area. So if you cover the chair, at least the part he can access with uh, aluminum foil or even just a plastic wrap, it's going to feel different to him, and he, he may not have that same draw to want to scratch on that and uh, you can use like the spray bottle method Uh, I have some clients that swear that's the best thing but you just the cat cannot see you direct the spray bottle or the squirt bottle at the kitty or you know the game is off and and now that they're just afraid of you and they think you're gonna chase them so those are some good things and you can look into some other what spray would you get Um, A water mister, or you can get a squirt gun, just a small, you know, don't get out the super soaker squirt guns. (laughs) There's no reason to, you know, totally soak the kitty. Don't um, use the super soaker anymore, Judy. you got to put that away. That was apparently too much. Yeah, fire holes is too much. Yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But, you know, then there's some other things. Um, and some people have some good success with some of the compressed air um, items that are used for training cats. If you try to keep them off the couches or counters, there's these little containers that you can buy on the Internet and pet catalogs and so forth that when the pet goes by a certain area, it gives a puff of this compressed air like you're cleaning your, your computer keyboard. And they don't like the sound of it. It doesn't hurt them. But you can set that up 
strategically in the area, you don't want the kitty to go right by that chair. And that can be another training tool that doesn't hurt and, and it associates the kitty associates the area with something they're supposed to avoid. So that might be another thing I'd try for you. And get yourself a scratching post and teach them the right place to go. You know what we did is we took our cats and we just uh, actually held their claws up to the scratching post and, and rubbed it on the scratching post so they get their scent on it. And mm-hmm. they just went from our couch right to the scratching post. And it was really, did we, I don't know, were we lucky? I don't know because you hear about this problem, we know that you cannot declaw. This will cause all kinds of other problems and I, I don't want to go that way with this but you know another trick i found is to put their bed by the scratching post because the first thing a cat does when he wakes up oh, is wants to scratch wants to do a little stretch and you know what they need to scratch and stretch this is a whole this is a part of their lifestyle the other thing mm-hmm. of course if you can afford it cement furniture works very well <laughs> hey there you go you're listening to animal radio Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hey, everybody, this is Billy Dean, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Do you travel with your dog? Of course. My pets are part of our family. Me too. I take Daisy with me everywhere. Right, Daisy? So how do you find out what hotels welcome your dog? I read Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Sounds perfect for planning our next vacation. Right, Daisy? It is. Their motto is leave no dog behind, and they have great hotel and destination reviews. Where can I find the magazine? Go online to FidoFriendly.com. I will for sure. Come on, Daisy. We're off to find our next adventure. I'm Beth Stern on Animal Radio and Adopt from Your Local Shelter. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets, toll-free. Here's the number, 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to the Dream Team. And we'll go back to the phones in just a couple of minutes for Dr. Debbie and Joey Villani. Joining us is award-winning car columnist Tim Spell. Tim, welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. Nice being here. First of all, before we go to Tim here, look around the studio, put up your hands if you use seatbelts or you restrain your animals when you drive in the car with them because you know they should be if they're on your lap that could cause an accident i'm right? guilty yeah mm-hmm. yes yes and no i, I do both <laughs> yeah I, I do it when i'm by myself because i don't want to run any loose but if i'm someone else with okay. someone else i hold her um my interior he has a seatbelt he wears all the time um but he sits in the front seat and then so my big girl doesn't she's in the back seat but i have oh. a seatbelt for her but i just don't use it because she kind of moves around and i don't want to impinge her movement <laughs> i know that's bad what about you Lori? we have the um like the things that clip into the seatbelt that hold them in place oh so you do restrain them yeah yeah okay uh tim what do you think of our responses here is that pretty much <laughs> you if you were to do a cross-section of america is that what you would hear no i think probably most people don't with stranger pets at all. <laughs> I, I think that most don't adhere to the uh, basic uh, safety rules, I think. So you guys are in pretty good shape. Now, is that a law in most states to have them restrained? No, it, it isn't. In some states, uh, there's a law regarding uh, animals in the back of pickups. Yeah. I see that all all the time, and that blows me away. That the, yeah. the the back of the pickup has your dog, and you're making turns, or if you made a sudden stop, the dog would go flying. Flying. That's right. Craziness. 
Uh, what about uh, sticking their heads out the window? Do you let your animals stick their heads out the window? Because we always see that dogs just love to get that fresh air. I don't. I don't do that. I do. My big girl, again, she really? just loves it. Yeah. She's got a lot of fur in her face to protect her. So um, uh, You of all people. Yes, I that know. doesn't protect her eyes. Yeah, what? Well, she, has a, she has a fall. So that's that bunch of fur that's right over her nose area that, yeah, it does protect her. So I, I know. I'm bad. <laughs> yeah. A rock from the roadway come on up there and hit her in the face or eyes or Ooh. something like that. It would be horrible. Unless they have goggle doggles on. And I've yeah. seen them with doggles. Yes. <laughs> I've never seen those. Tim, what are some of the steps we should take when securing our animals in the car? Seems like a pain in the butt, but we should probably do it, right? <laughs> you, know, you know, basically, no dogs in the front seat at all. And for sure, not a dog on your lap while you're driving with his head out the window. And the problem is that both the dogs and the carriers can, if they're not properly attached or tethered to the vehicle, they can become, you know, projectiles, especially if you have a, if you have a large dog, uh, it could fly and it could hit, uh, another person they can hit the dash. Uh, they can go right through the window. Uh, dogs need to be properly tethered in the back seat or uh, in a carrier. They have to be also crash-proof and crash-worthy tethers and carriers. What's better for my dog? What's safer? Is it a harness or crate? And does their weight matter on that? Yeah, does that matter for big dogs or small dogs? It's critical, yes. A carrier, I would say, is always better. And... uh, the carriers should be made of a really a high strength uh, material, uh, roto molded plastic, luggage grade plastic, or a ballistic nylon. It, there's a lot of force in a, in a collision. You know, if you hit a stationary object at 35 miles an hour, uh, if you if you have a 60 pound dog, it becomes like a almost a 3,000 pound projectile. Whoa! So it's a lot. Of, it can go right. It could go right through the windshield or it could hit another passenger uh so it's really important and you never use a wire crate and the placement of the crate is critical you can put them down on the floor uh, behind the uh you know driver and passenger seat or if you have a three-row suv which is they're very popular now uh if it's a smaller dog let's say 20 pounds or less you could put the carrier uh, on the captain's chair in the middle uh, if it's a larger dog, you put them in the uh, in the back seat, but never put them on that tunnel in between. So can I, can I get some clarification? Because when you say roto mold and plastic, are those basically the plastic solid carriers that I see coming to my vet office all the time with a wire front, but they're plastics on the sides? No, I, I, no, I don't think so. I think that's just regular. Uh, that's regular. Okay. Regular plastic roto molding. It's uh, it's a process that they use where the melted plastic continually rotates. And it forms a really strong single piece. Kayaks are made of it, uh, mm. but it's much stronger than those you're talking about. Okay. There's also a luggage grade uh, plastic that's good, and a softer fabric that would work is it's a ballistic nylon with industrial grade stitching. Do you have a dog? I have three dogs. Do you travel with them a lot? I I, I would think as a car columnist that you probably take them everywhere. You know, not everywhere. 
because a lot of times I'm in uh, test cars, and okay. so I don't leave the hair <laughs> behind the test cars. But but yes, yes, I, I do. And do you restrain them? I have a crate that I, I have in the rear compartment of my SUV. But I will say that I have been guilty in the past. Sure. <laughs> we all have. Tim, thank you for sitting a spell with us. Okay. <laughs> Enjoy it, guys. Take care of yourself. Thank you. Bye-bye. This deliciously delightful serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the Grain-Free Red Barn Naturals Canned Food for Dogs and Cats. It is always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. You can learn more at redbarninc.com. And thank you, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at animalradio.com. Log on, learn more. Here is today's top automotive news story. I'm Nick Miles. The final animal rescue rig, Boars 2, will be unveiled in San Diego with the goal to help rescue displaced animals after a natural disaster. The 2018 Nissan Titan has been designed in conjunction with 0 to 60 designs, hard notch customs, and wheelcraft. The truck has a boat on top, custom bumpers with winches, and has been Linex to protect it from the environment. The vehicle will be deployed after a natural disaster to help save animals. To find out more, go to Animal Rescue Rigs on Facebook. Do you think it's okay to drive stoned? The truth is, your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Stop kidding yourself. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Dr. Debbie, do you take any of your dogs to a groomer? You know what? I do occasionally. Um, my Bouvier, Nikki, um, I groom her some of the time, and then I take her professionally as well. Do you fear that the groomers aren't licensed or regulated and anybody could grooming, be grooming them? <sighs> yeah, you know, I've gone with personal referrals, so I wouldn't, yeah, I don't think I would ever go anywhere sight unseen. I, I took a personal referral. Yeah, that's, that's so. It's scary. It you know, is. you just yeah. don't know. Yeah. What about you, Lori? Do you take any of those the bulldogs to the? Uh... No, in fact, I, I bathed all three of them this morning. So you do all your grooming yourself. And yeah. if any breed, I would have to say, Lori, you know, I mean, of any breed that would potentially have problems, a bulldog right. with stress, heat, right. and anxiety would be one I'd be worried about outside of your, you know, your house. Yeah. Yeah, we dremel their nails. We put them in the bathtub. They're home babies. Full service. Luckily, they're not Nickies. They don't have that long hair. (laughs) And, of course, Judy, you have the uh, wash and wear dog. I just put her in the kitchen sink. Yeah. It's pretty pretty easy. No, that's not hygienic, okay? I mean, dishes that you are going to potentially eat off of, and you're washing a dog's backside, their body. There's, you know. My mother bathes her cat in the kitchen sink, and I'm like, you can't do that. I clean it afterwards. Yeah. And I, I put down I put down a big rubber mat so she's not. You know where a lot of your food is grown, right? <laughs> yeah, in poop. <laughs> Hence the recalls, right? <laughs> Very uh, true. The reason I'm bringing this up is because Joey has been on my case. He says, we're working so hard to regulate the industry. And he's, he's pushing through legislation all over the country. And he's working with a gal by the name of Rosemary Marchetto. Those Italians are hanging together, and they're trying to create. Watch out. Legisl- yeah, and they will. They yeah, will they will. Come hell or high water, they will change the laws Once they here. set their mind on it. 
Rosemary will be joining us at this hour. She had a dog by the name of Bijou. She took Bijou into a standard grooming at one of those big box stores. And within an hour, she was called and told that her animal had expired. Oh, my. <gasps> Imagine getting that call. No. No. Yeah. So she's also behind the legislation to change things, especially in the state of New Jersey. And we'll talk with her in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Lori, what are you working on for this hour? Well, this month we've we've all heard, and you probably heard maybe more than you wanted to, I don't know, but uh, about the farm bill. And maybe you didn't listen because you think, I don't live on a farm. But this farm bill has some things in it that will affect pets. This yeah. is good. This is important. When people think farm bill, they don't think about no, domestic right. companion animals. But this has far-reaching effects, and uh, Lori will be reporting on it in just a few minutes. But first, it is all about you. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five, and don't forget you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. And Judy is signaling. We're going to line two. Hi, Barbara. Welcome to the show. Thank you. What's going on? Well, I have a ten-year-old um, chocolate lab, and oh, he gets wonderful. hot spots. Okay. And he has um, one that's that's larger than a fifty cents. I guess like about a dollar, silver dollar size on the right side of his neck. Okay. Is that the only place he gets them, or does he get them other spots, too? He gets them other spots. Okay, such as? No. He gets it on his legs, on um, his back. Okay. All right. Towards his tail. So, okay. So, and um, what what have you tried so far with this fellow? Um, my neighbor gave me a spray for that she said she got from her vet for hot spots mm-hmm. um so i you i spray that on him and i was just okay. wondering if there was anything else that i could do for him oh definitely now how long has he been dealing with these uh hot spots well i've had him since he was two he's my son's ex-girlfriend's dog that i was to have temporarily until she found a you know a house that would accept pets mm-hmm. but you see i've had him since he was two so he's still with me okay all right well when we have some ongoing issues with these type of lesions and, and we call hot spots that basically because they're really hot they're really itchy they're red um they're really driving the pets crazy so if they can lick at them or chew at them they are gonna and um, scratching, all of that, very much involved with a hot spot. So for me, um, if we have an ongoing problem with that or what we're trying isn't working, we really need to step up to some other therapies. Okay. The reality is with hot spots, you know, we're kind of classifying a lot of skin conditions into this kind of lump all term. There actually are a lot of different causes for hot spots, but 30% of them, one-third, there's usually okay. some underlying problem. So if you only treat them, with the topical, with the spray, you're not yeah. going to get to the heart of the problem, and you're not going to really solve the problem. Oh, so um, okay. for those pets, it's very important to treat more aggressively and to get some background information, maybe do a couple skin tests, find out more about what's going on that skin surface. And there's a lot mm-hmm. of things your vet can do um, from just pressing a, a, a microscope slide to the skin surface to taking some samples, checking for mites, checking for fleas. Those kind of things are really important, so we head down the right direction here. 
Okay. So that that would certainly be the thing. Now, for me, there's three main points that I, when I'm treating a hot spot, number one, I want to stop the licking. So that usually means physical help in that way. So mm-hmm. those fun little Elizabethan collars, the cones of shame um, are very important. We have to stop the pet from further traumatizing those areas. Okay. Number two is I really want to dry that skin out. And that may take something like a course of antibiotics, okay. as well as staying away from ointments and going more to water-based or alcohol-based sprays. Okay. The third thing that I want to do is I want to stop the scratch. And that, for hot spots, um, it's the one situation where I'm pretty heavy-handed with steroids. Um, there's a lot of different ways we can go with that, injections, topicals, um, pill forms. But for me, a severe case of hot spots or what we'd call um, pyotraumatic dermatitis really needs the help of a steroid. Um, and that's assuming that the patient's health can take that. Um, right. But steroids are very important to help get that itch under control. So those three things for me are really the big thing. And the most important thing is I want to keep the skin breathing. So I don't want to cover it up. I don't want to bandage it. It may keep the pet away from it, but it's really not going to allow that to dry out, let it breathe, if you will. So um, I like to kind of leave everything exposed so you can medicate and really monitor things closely. Um, And for me, I'd say if you haven't gotten this baby on, at least an antibiotic and seeing the vet to see if you can get something to squash that itch, um, then those would be the two main things that I would do for you. And and then, you know, if we've got more problems with this coming back, we want to look into other causes of hotspots, allergies, seasonal allergies, food-related allergies. Um, Sometimes something like an insect bite um, or a sting could kind of trigger the process. Um, thyroid problems, um, ear infections. Wow, my list is getting longer the more I think about this. Um, So not to overwhelm you there, Barbara, but there really are a lot of things that can go into that. So I'd encourage you to get your baby into the vet and see um, if we can get a couple of those things going for him. Okay, thank you, because I thought I could, you know, my neighbor said, oh, you could treat it yourself, just use this spray. But then when I heard your program this morning, I said, I better call in and find out. Yeah, and you know, there is certainly a small population of pets with localized hotspots where I think treating at home with a topical product is completely appropriate. But um, many of these cases, they are very deep infections in the layers of the skin. The pet's really uncomfortable, and um, there's so much more that we can do to really kind of turn things around. And if your breed of dog is a Labrador Retriever, a uh, German Shepherd, Collie, or Rottweiler, they are some of the most common dogs. Oh, I can't say Golden Retriever. i got to get them in there because they are so big with this type of problem. Um, So, yeah. Well, hopefully we'll get this baby feeling better and stop that itching and scratching there. Why, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for your call today. I appreciate that, Barbara. 1-866-405-8405 to connect with the Dream Team right now. Well, this portion of Animal Radio was underwritten by Embrace Pet Insurance, providing nose-to-tail accident and illness coverage for your dog or cat. It can be customized to fit your budget and needs. Simply take your dog or cat to any vet, submit a claim form, and get reimbursed quickly. If you want to learn more, the website's EmbracePetInsurance.com to get a quote. And thanks, Embrace, for underwriting Animal Radio. Hi, it's Alan Kibble with today's dog tip. I know he just did it because he can 
feel the tension. That's my sister-in-law. She's living in the house with her in-laws, and there is a lot of anxiety and tension going on. So the dog jumped up on the in-law's bed and went to the bathroom. Trying to help them find how to clean it. There are several reasons why dogs, especially adult ones, go to the bathroom in the house in anxiety. Well, that's one of them. And it can be caused by a sudden change in a dog's environment. Adding another pet to your house is another reason, even a baby. And to stop it, you kind of got to give your dog a refresher course. Do it the same way as when your dog was a puppy. You start with confinement. That means when you're not there, ready to give your dog 100% of your attention, keep them confined. Best place is in a crate. I remember in a past dog tip, we talked about how important structure is to your dog. So you make sure you have a schedule. You take your dog outside the same times every day. Adults can hold it in for a pretty long time. So set a schedule and stick to it every single day. The third step is reward. Reward's really important in a dog's life. Every time your dog's doing something that you want him to do, you give him a reward. If this is all starting to sound like techniques you'd use to raise your husband... Well, yeah, it is very similar. Let's talk about what a reward is. It could be a treat, or it just could be verbal praise. Oh, good dog, or both. And you can also give your dog a nice scratch under the chin. Praise is a really powerful tool. Remember, your dog wants to please you. You just have to help show him how. When you use praise, your dog is going to want to go to the bathroom outside in the right place. Here's the last thing to remember, consistency. That's probably the most important thing to remember. You want to set your dog up to succeed, not to fail, and Consistency is the easiest way to do that. It's the key to your dog's success. And it's a byproduct to giving your dog confidence. Confidence in knowing he's doing the right thing. He's doing exactly what you want him to do. So be consistent, stick with your plan, and you're going to see fast results. The more consistent you are, the faster your dog's going to learn anything, including going to the bathroom outside. Oh, boy. I think your husband had a little accident. Yeah, his boss is still his wife. That's my dog, Annie. She's healthy now, but recently she broke her leg and I had to rush her to the vet. Thankfully, she's protected by Embrace Pet Insurance. They covered her surgery and reimbursed the claim quickly. Embrace offers one simple plan for unexpected accidents and illnesses that you can personalize to fit your budget. To learn more, visit EmbracePetInsurance.com to get a free quote. Policies underwritten by a licensed insurer of American Modern Insurance Group. Coverage subject to policy terms and conditions. Visit EmbracePetInsurance.com for coverage details. It's that time again to make some New Year's resolutions to break by the 15th. I actually don't do that for myself anymore. I make resolutions for my animals because it's much easier to keep it. Like more laying in the sun, more sleeping, more running in the backyard after butterflies, more walks, lots more treats. Good for you. Yeah. And uh, usually they keep those. You can translate that into human things. You know, <laughs> yeah, more enjoy. In, well, not the cheeseburgers, but you know, you know, sit outside and enjoy a beautiful sunset. You know, savor something you eat or drink. And you know, there's a lot of things you could take for mindfulness there. Sure, because the animals look so calm and at peace, and they're so happy all the time. They live, they live in the present. And if we could just take a little time to be like that, we're always thinking about tomorrow. How are we going to make mm. that buck tomorrow? Ah, oh, the dogs aren't thinking that. Lori, what are you working on for this hour? Well, there's a new scam going around out there. Well, actually, not new, but it's actually gotten worse than what it has been, you know, because of the holidays, and it involves pets. So we'll tell you about that, and we will have for you, since, you know, it's that holiday time of year, the end of the year with the annual Rover.com list. Don't you guys spoil it. Um, the most popular male and female dog names of the year. 
Okay, and I want you to remember what she says because next week we're going to do, and i, I got to tell you about this, Judy. I'm sorry I didn't inform you about this. You should know it as a producer, but we're doing the Animal Radio Olympics. And Ooh, I'm so competitive. I'm going to win. You're yes. going to love this. So you may want to remember something that uh, Lori says in her news, her upcoming newscast mm, okay. for next week, okay? No cheating. <laughs> Just got her cliff notes. Uh, Come on, Judy. I'll compete against you. Oh, I'm, I'm, oh, oh you haven't met anybody as competitive as me. <laughs> oh, you think you I are. I am not competitive at all. Oh, I am. Stop it, you guys. Stop. No, yeah. just put, let me and Debbie compete against each other. You're going to want to tune in next week just to watch this car wreck. <laughs> Hell, it's always like that, isn't it? It is. Debbie and Judy and then you and me on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> My husband will not play. He, he hates Jeopardy. And I always tell him, it's because you suck. <laughs> and I'm oh so God. good at it. <laughs> it's the sportsmanship that she exhibits. That we- yes. Yeah, great sportsmanship. <laughs> See, that's why Hal won't get out and play softball with me, because he sucks. You know. See, that, that may be the whole ticket right there. Is I played softball, basketball, and volleyball. So, yeah. See, me I was too. A team. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And I was the champion of badminton in my high school. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I went to all state. <laughs> I had a play sports. I had a baby. Uh, no, can't top that one. <laughs> you got me. No college for me. Okay, if you want to talk to undeniably the best veterinarian. <laughs> Hi, Dora. Hi, how are you? Good. I have Dr. Debbie right here. What's going on? Okay. Well, I have a question. I have my, my dog. Uh, he's a um, um, Jack Russell mixer with Chihuahua. Uh-huh. He's, he's more or less like 10 years old. <clears throat> and he has like a ear infection. So he uh, has like, um, every time he walks, he shakes his head. So I, I feel like he has like kind of water inside his ear. He has oh, kind of okay. brownish, uh, I mean, like kind of black outside his ears. Oh, okay. Kind of looks all like what I call Oreo cookie crumbs coming out of the and, ear? Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And does it smell? Uh, yes. All righty. Now, uh, does he have any other problems on the rest of his body, scratching, chewing, anything, or is it just his ears that seem to be bothering him? Just his ears. All righty. Well, th- this would be something where if I had your baby right here, I would definitely put one of my little otoscope cones, which is basically a way we look down a doggy's ear canal. Mm-hmm. Um, my guess is I probably wouldn't see a lot because if we're having that much garbage coming out of the ear, we've got a pretty bad infection going on of some sort. Yeah. Um, so the question is what kind? And generally um, what we veterinarians will do is we'll take a sample of it and look under the microscope and see what we've got. With mm-hmm. that kind of description of having this kind of Oreo cookie crumb looking stuff, you know, it's pretty open game of what's causing that. We could have something like ear mites, which are little microscopic critters that are itchy beyond all reason. So um, that would certainly explain why he might be shaking his head. Um, yeah. And that can be detected by taking a sample and looking. But other causes, bacteria as well as yeast, can commonly kind of take hold of the inside of a dog's ear and really take advantage of that if the environment's right. 
Jehogi ears are dark and moist down inside there, so it is just an environment that uh, if the scales tip in the wrong direction, it's not hard for them to get an infection of that kind. So I would certainly say a trip to the vet and getting a sample of that would be first and foremost on my list. And But there is a kind of a quick and simple thing you can do. If you uh-huh. can get a small little piece of this material, you can put it on a piece of white paper, take a little bit of hydrogen hydrogen peroxide and spray it on there. Now, if we have real blood, it'll actually bubble and fuzz and, and do that kind of thing. If it doesn't, that tells us, ew, this is some real icky grit. This is some material, some kind of product of an organism, and we really need to, um, you know, investigate along that pathway. Either which way, I, I think in your baby's case, we really need to get some good cleaning on that ear, get a good look down there and get a sample because, yeah, if he's shaking, you know, that's kind of like us walking around tipping our head to the side. Um, exactly. Yeah, and, it, you know, there could be water, but it's probably more than water. It's probably this material, kind of a kind of a congestion and an irritation that's causing them to do that. So, yeah, I would certainly say let's, let's see the vet, get some medication going. And then in many cases, once we get past an ear infection, there's some things you can do to try to help prevent that down the road. Um, and there are some very good cleaners that help to keep the environment of the ear canal so that these kind of critters don't take uh, advantage of that. We can kind of keep that from happening in the future. I'd say let's let's sign up uh, for a good ear exam and see what we need to get going inside that ear canal. Okay. Thank you so much. 1-866-405-8405. The following program is underwritten in part by Schmidt's Naturals. Smell seriously amazing and support animal conservation with Schmidt's special edition Lily of the Valley Natural Deodorant. Created in collaboration with the Jane Goodall Institute, 5% of each purchase goes to animals in the wild. Learn more and pick up your stick now at schmitz.com. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. The federal stalking law is getting an update to include threats made against pets and emotional support animals. Senator Gary Peters of Michigan managed to get his proposal, which adds threats and violence against a person's pets to the stalking statute, included in this year's farm bill. So under the law, threatening or harming a pet as a way to harass or intimidate a victim is punishable by up to five years in prison. The measure also authorizes spending $3 million a year over the next five years to help shelters for victims of domestic violence that include facilities for pets. We've talked about that several times, but right now, only 3% of women's shelters across the U.S. accept pets. A study in Wisconsin says that the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, the ASPCA, found that more than two-thirds of domestic violence survivors said their abusers had also been violent toward their pets or service animals. Other studies say as many as 25% of domestic violence survivors actually returned to abusive partners out of concern for their pets that they couldn't take with them when they had left. The Better Business Bureau's scam tracker has seen an increase in people losing money to pet scams. And they're not surprised, as it's kind of typical around the holidays. Here's how those scams usually work. You find an adorable puppy on a website or an ad online. Scammers claim that they're breeders or act like a pet owner who has to find a new home for that pet. And then once you've seen the pictures and videos and you've fallen in love with the animal... 
they ask you to wire the money to make the purchase and make it final. But once the purchase is complete, that is that you have sent the money by wire, the owner promises your dog or cat will be shipped right away. But then there's always seems to be these unexpected problems with airlines, vets, and pet insurance and all that. And with each problem, the scammer promises, promises that they are going to refund the unexpected cost as soon as your pet is delivered. But the pet is never delivered, of course, because they don't really have that pet in that video or in those photos that they're showing you. Experts say never, ever wire money to anyone you don't know personally and to make sure you see that pet in person before you pay for anything. It's so easy. You look at those pictures. They're like so, so cute. It's so easy to get swayed to, that's, to send money. That's how I found Ladybug online. I saw pictures, but she was at a shelter, and I went down there oh, yeah. and saw her, physically saw her. Yes. And you didn't have to wire money, right? right? Because wiring, they say once you wire money, that money is gone forever. Yeah. Wow. That should be a red flag. Yeah. Wiring money or Bitcoin, either one of those. Yeah. Okay, guys, the annual Rover.com list of the most popular dog names of the year is out, and we have them for you, starting with uh, male dog names and going up the list from number five to one. At number five is Jack. Buddy comes in at number four. In third place is Cooper. Know a few of those. Charlie takes the number two spot. And the most popular male dog name of the year is... Any guesses? Probably the same on one on. it's been for years, which is Max. <laughs> you got it, Judy. That <laughs> doesn't exactly change. Right. Or Bella. Yeah. That's her Bella yeah wait, we're going to tell you the girls' names here. So right. the girls, same way here. Number five is Lola. Daisy is at number four. In third place is Luna. The name Lucy is in second place. And at number one, Dr. Debbie, you said it. Cool. Bella. Bella. No surprise there. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. The numbers are toll-free, 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to Dr. Debbie or Joey Villani. And Joey Villani, not a week goes by that he doesn't talk about Bijou's Law and uh, the amazing legislation that's happening in uh, New Jersey. You said we had to get Rosemary on, Rosemary Marchetto. She is uh, yes. the inspiration, the human behind this, and we do have her on the phone today. Hi, Rosemary. How are you doing? Hi. Good. Thank you so much for having me. Well, so now tell us about the whole story. I guess Bijou was your dog? Yes. My dog Bijou was a very healthy six-year-old Shih Tzu that I brought into a very well-known pet store chain for routine grooming. And the groomer said to me, I hope this dog doesn't give me a hard time. I had a bad day. Oh, wow. And And this is before everything. This is before you start. Okay. I'm giving it to you right from the beginning. And, you know, know, I I didn't. expect the outcome to be what it became. Um, but sure enough, within 45 minutes, they called me to tell me that Bijou was dead. What? 
What, what <laughs> had happened? They would not disclose to me what had happened. They did not um, let me speak to the groomer, nor the store manager. Um, so at that point, I called the police to come and make a police report because I needed some kind of documentation as to what was happening. Sure. Um, then I eventually um, took it into my own hands after I found out a little close, closer that uh, I found out that dog groomers aren't licensed. Um, and here I am thinking that I did the right thing by bringing Bijou to a very well-known pet store chain, thinking, if anything, I was protected by them. Sure, sure. And clearly that wasn't the case, and that's how Bijou's bill started to come together. I went to my local assembly person, Valerie Veneri Huddle, for which I had a conversation with her, and I told her what had happened to me, and I explained to her that there are no laws that required dog groomers to be licensed. Was she surprised by that? She was appalled. Okay. I mean, every everybody who I tell the story to, invariably, the first thing they say is, oh, dog groomers aren't licensed? I, you know, when we, when we live in a world where your male technician is licensed, your locksmith is licensed, it's hard to believe that people who groom your dogs do not require any kind of licensure. As a matter of fact, not only in New Jersey... But in most of the country, if not, I think only two states require licensure at this point for dog groomers. Now, what does it mean when it's state licensed? Do they got to take a test? What uh, they got to be a certain age? What's the deal? Yes, uh, if somebody wanted to be a licensed groomer, they would take a practical and written test that is given by the state. Upon completion, they would apply for a license that would cost about. Fifty dollars depends again on the state, and you would have a, you would be a licensed professional, like a nurse or anybody else who requires a license to practice their craft. Were you able to get Bijou's remains back and do a necropsy on him? I did, and for for reasons obviously uh, reasons that have to do with the lawsuit, I can't talk about that. Um, but. Yes, they took complete liability. And do you did you find out what happened? Do you are you comfortable with that knowing what happened, or you still don't know exactly what happened with Bijou? I still don't know exactly what happened because nobody completely explained it to me. Um, but the fact that they took liability and the fact that the groom said to me, "I hope this dog doesn't give me a hard time. I had a bad day," sort of seems a little suspect to me because I never expected to get this kind of an outcome by just taking my dog in for a routine grooming. By the way, that would have been my red flag. Is is I, I'm having a bad yeah. day. I yeah. would have I would have turned around right at that point. Of course, hindsight's twenty twenty. But right. at the time, you know, you're thinking, oh, the guy's just blowing off a little steam. You're not really thinking he's going to kill my dog. Yeah, we all have bad days now and then. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just amazed. How long ago was this, Rosemary? Because I can't believe that that was your child. As I feel about uh, my animals, yeah. and we all do here, yeah. uh, but. How long ago was that, and, and that you still don't know? Bijou died January eleventh, two 2012. Wow. I started pursuing legislation in 2014. Um, so it made it through the assembly once before, but I have to give some credit where credit is due to NewJersey.com. NewJersey.com put out an investigative report where they found a desk of 47 dogs. Oh. at some of these big box chains. And that sort of lit the fire under the bill for the bill to start coming back into uh, focus again and to get it through to the uh, General Assembly here in New Jersey. 
You know, all of the anger aside, because believe me, I would be through the roof, but mm. my God, I'm so sorry. I can't even imagine. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I've been um, working closely um, with um, Rosemary and the Assembly, and, and I am a big supporter of this bill and hope that it, you know, goes through its final stages, which we don't see anything that's going to stop it. It went through the Assembly like a freight train um, where there was nobody that was against it. You know, um, when, I, when I said it politician-wise, and it's probably going to do the same thing in the Senate, but my big issue was is because, as you guys know, my claim to fame in the industry is owning schools. So we had to go through all the process and everything that we ne- needed to go through to make sure that pets were safe, pets were groomed properly. And it always bothered me that if somebody would come in and pay the freight to do what is right, and then the next-door neighbor could um, open up a salon and call themselves a groomer because there was no safeguards in place. Hold on, guys. we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Here are today's top automotive news stories. I'm Nick Miles. BMW launched the new 3 Series sports sedan in Portugal, and I was along for the ride. I tested it on the Autodromo racetrack near Faro, and it definitely did not disappoint around the course. The all-new BMW 3 Series is loaded with tech. It has a great feature I tested called Reverse Assistant. Drive into a narrow, complex space and touch a button, and the vehicle will back out the way it came in automatically. To see the new 3 Series from BMW, go to OurAutoExpert.com. Do you think it's okay to drive stoned? The truth is your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Stop kidding yourself. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. Radio celebrating the connection with our pets. If you just tuned in, we're talking about regulating and licensing groomers, because currently they are not. This all spurred after incidents where dogs were dropped off at the groomer, and it turned out to be a fatal trip for these pets. Joining us is Rosemary Marchetto, and she, along with Joey, our very own Joey Villani, have worked very hard to regulate and get licensing for pet groomers. Rosemary created Bijou's Law after her dog that was killed at one of those local chain box stores in their grooming department. And of course, if you're a regular listener, you know that Joey is pretty passionate about this. By putting a license on a pet groomer, it's not—it's not a straitjacket for them. What it's what it's what it's going to do? It's going to make them an educated professional. So when they are using equipment, when they're just learning how to pick a dog up, because there's a problem. I mean, in my school, we had to teach you the proper way to pick a dog up and put it on the table. Something that sounds so meaningless is so important. Not to walk away or turn your back to when they're on. I mean, just little things. But you want to know something if you do not practice it and you don't study it you don't know it and i'm not saying that people want things to happen to their clients pets but because they're not educated and there's no safeguards in place it happens so now rosemary is pioneering something that that could be wonderful for everyone's dogs i mean think of all the pet owners out there that didn't know what was going on and like i said i was an advocate from the very beginning where we needed some sort of safeguard now it's out there so unfortunately i mean 
Bijou did not pass in vain because this is going to protect so many pets out there, and it's well needed. And thank you, Rosemary, for actually stepping up to the plate and because she's been under attack, and I will tell you mm. that because I know that as a fact. Thank you, Joey. Thank well, you so much. Who, who's attacking her? Well, you have a lot of, I mean, unfortunately, there's a lot of people. And when I say a lot of people, I'm not saying the majority. But there's a good majority of people in my industry that they're not looking at the big picture. And a lot of them are very probably very good groomers that, that 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 are safe and they're the ones that are saying you know this is going to be a hardship on a, and it's not it's not going to be a hardship at all it's a change in how you do things and i know i've said this a million times it's the seatbelt law we never liked wearing a seatbelt and then now if we don't wear it we feel naked so right. the pet groomers that are against this um need to just rethink it this is about keeping pets safe that's it that is what this is about. It's about keeping pets safe, and let's remember that that is the issue on hand. And we're still going to make money, and we're still going to do what we do every day, and we're still going to love it for the people who love it. And the people who don't like it, you know what? You shouldn't be doing it anyway because it's not for everyone. You have to be a pet lover, and you know what? If you're a pet lover, you want them safe. So it's important. Now, is this bill just for New Jersey, or is it nationwide? Currently, it's just in New Jersey. I actually have it um, on Assemblyman Lowe's desk out in California. And uh, North Carolina is also looking at it uh, at the moment. Shouldn't there also be, in in my opinion, I'm still blown away by this, that uh, maybe there should be a bill that that these people can't get away with having your dog die in their custody and not telling you how or why. I would be insane. That would have been nice. Yes, full disclosure. If that happens, well, we're hoping to actually prevent this from happening by putting licensed groomers in place so that we have professionals and not somebody who took a part-time job on the weekends to groom your dog, which is what actually can be done now because there's nothing in place to stop that. So I see a picture here of one of your billboards, one of the billboards that says help us regulate pet grooming. Who pays for these billboards? That billboard is at, was actually at a test out in, down in North Carolina, and I paid for that billboard out of pocket. Okay. And your lawsuit, what are you asking for in your lawsuit? Well, for the lawsuit, I, I sued for the maximum amount, which right now in, in most states, I believe in all states, but right now in New Jersey is um, $10,000. Uh, that's the maximum because they consider dogs property right now. Yeah. Um, so there's a cap. Um, another bill that I'm trying to pass after Bijou's bill would be called the Sentient Being Act. And the Sentient Being Act is actually enacted in several countries right now, and maybe even some states, that would remove um, ownership. In other words, a dog wouldn't be seen as a, a piece of furniture, but rather as a, as a living being. And that might change things where, if God forbid, something happens. You have uh, a different way of going about this based on who your lawyer is. And, again, this is really not about suing. This is about preventing dogs from dying so that we don't get to that stage, so that everybody could take a lesson from what I've been through and these other 47 people that have been through and prevent this from happening going forward. Okay, what's the website? It's Bijou's Bill, B-I-J-O-U-S-B-I-L-L.com. And we'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at AnimalRadio.pet. Rosemary Marchetto, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you so much for 
letting Bijou's life live on. I mean, it really, well, it wasn't in vain. You know, he's, he's making... There's a legacy. There, yeah, this will be his legacy. Thank you so much. Take care. Okay, it is time for us to hop on out of here. Thanks for joining us today. If you need your fix during the week or there's something you heard in the show you want to know more about, head on over to animalradio.pet. And, of course, if you have a Yorkshire Terrier, a Shih Tzu, a Pug, or a Mini Schnauzer, Dr. Debbie's books, How to Be Your Dog's Best Friends, are great Kindle reads over at Amazon. And, of course, we have links to that at animalradio.pet. Have a great week. Happy New Year and talk to you next year. Bye-bye. Judy, I was going to say that. But I'm competitive. I beat you to it. I know, and you stole it. (laughs) Happy New Year. This is Animal Radio Network.